Hello, listener, and welcome to Into the Characterverse podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews for specific characters out of your favorite comic books. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Charlie. And once again, we are not joined by Audrey. She's still at work, actually, right now. But we are preparing to go see the Eternals. So if that tells you where you are in the timeline with us. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to hammer this bad boy quick and then uh, go see that movie. So we are actually finishing up the Nightcrawler readings on today's episode. We were hoping to get Audrey back for this, but just no luck. She's working yeah. like 60, 70 hours a week right now. So Yeah, she's putting in the time. She's putting in the time. She's going to be my sugar mama. It's going to be great. Well, you know, I mean, that's the way, that's the dream, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So we have the Avengers and X-Men access, and then we have the uh, Nightcrawler one, uh, 7 through 12, which finishes that off, yep. and then the Amazing X-Men 15 through 19. That's also one, finishing that one off. Also finishing yep. that off, yeah. So we are going to do... Th- finish off three complete storylines with this episode uh it's gonna we're gonna try to keep it tight and then uh i think we're going to get together with audrey and do our final nightcrawler impressions reviews recap kind of thing how we felt about it and then kind of yeah and then we'll be recording eternals too so that'd be fun yeah and then uh we will also do in that episode with the nightcrawler retrospective we will select our next reader reading uh character so yeah that's that's pretty exciting uh, we started think, nightcrawler long oh gosh, time ago like over mo- the summer right yeah yeah so and then uh yeah we'll get the d6 going and i think we're we gonna do a poll on the think, facebook yeah for one of do, them i was thinking about doing a poll for it um and then i was thinking about talking to kane and seeing if maybe they wanted to select one as well since they sure. guessed it on a few episodes Absolutely, so. yeah you put in the work, you got to have some say. Right, in the that's next what I'm one. saying. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Kane guested while you were gone yeah. one or two times. So, yeah. Yeah, I took my sabbatical in the yeah. summer, and now Audrey's taking hers. And yeah, it's, it's wild that. Yours at some point. <laughs> right, it's wild that those are connected. <laughs> like your summer and Audrey's is all yeah. connected by Nightcrawler. So, yeah. Oof, well, we Our, did a lot of movies, yeah. and then we did the what ifs. I mean, that's there's true. a lot of content we went through, so it was yeah. nice. Yeah, we did break up Nightcrawler quite a bit. I can only imagine if we had to do a character like Storm or something like oh, that. Oh, gosh. Like, I think I, I did the math on that, and it was like 33 readings or something like that we were going to have to do, and that's with like 33 different sections with each of us Dang. not overlapping. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. so that's a lot, a lot. I'm thinking maybe we do a smaller one this next time. Yeah, something like Moon Knight yeah, or... something that we can hammer out in, you know, maybe five five issues or something like yeah. that, or five... Uh, Recordings. Or pick like the essential stories and yeah, kind of talk yeah. about that because because yeah. some of this, I mean, like I think we'll get into it with access, but not a lot of Kurt and not a lot of development of Kurt's character. Yeah, so, I mean a good, I mean like it was an important story, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of like where he was and what he was doing. But yeah. other than that, it was kind of yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I'm still the problem is is I'm relying on internet. Oh, yeah. reading orders and i this last one i did combine a few of them which helped a little bit it yeah. felt like it was a little bit more court kurt focused overall like skipping the x-men right at the beginning saved us a lot of time because if we had to read all of silver age X-Men, right. that was going to take us forever but yeah it's it's hard because i don't always well, know and, and this, I, without reading it i don't know how kurt centric it would be so. right and you're not going to spend you know you're not going to read hundreds and hundreds of issues to triage which ones to read i mean that's that's a tough task. Yeah. I mean, so I think the list have been good. There's just like, you know, like I've loved the Nightcrawler 2014, the Amazing yeah. X-Men. It's just you get a couple of those where you're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, that's the thing is all of we'll get into this eventually, but like yeah. all of the Nightcrawler solos, I'm gonna put solos in quotes because sure. he always has a supporting cast with him. Yeah, all those were great. No, they're so like it's it's always like <laughs> it's yeah. the writing of teams <laughs> yeah. that I find to be the biggest issue with that. But yeah. okay, let's let's just jump into it here. Sure. So uh, I'm gonna do access here oh, quick, okay. mm-hmm. uh, just because I we we can hammer it out in like a minute. Yeah, so. <laughs> Since it has almost no Kurt in it, I'm not going to worry about it too much. No. So we get the whole, there's a lot of lead up to it that we didn't read, but Red Skull gets Professor Xavier's brain and mm-hmm. Magneto kills Red Skull and then Red Skull transforms into Red Onslaught, who is both the Red Skull and then has Xavier's powers, kind of. Yeah, kind of, like when it was convenient. Yeah, when it was, yeah, they, they didn't do a lot of mental stuff. They, they literally spent like half of the comics justifying why he can't do his mental powers to people. Like they just yeah. kept bringing in other mutants to block it, or like Stark had his mental block yep. stuff. It was just that over and over again. But uh, they fight him. It's going poorly. Yep. A lot of people die, even though it doesn't seem like it. Like I don't know who actually gets lost in here, but not a ton. Yeah. It was kind of like inconsequential, or people just like brought to the brink of death, but not actually killed. They yes. were just fatally wounded or or you know just like knocked out or something yeah exactly so what ends up happening is magneto brings together all of the villains of the world essentially to come fight red onslaught right because all of the x-men and the avengers were unable to defeat him and they get their asses whooped yeah so then dr doom and scarlet witch use their magics together, the chaos and order to essentially flip the polar- polarity of the red onslaught of just that. Yeah. And just that Island. Yeah. Just that Island. And essentially it explodes and switches the personalities of everybody. So all of the heroes are now villainous slash selfish and all of the villains are now more selfless and like team oriented and yep. more compassionate. Except so, for a couple of characters like Spider-Man. Yeah. Cause he, he wasn't there. Else. Spider-Man yeah. wasn't there. And yeah, there's a couple just random ones, but Spider-Man Super was random. probably the biggest name one that mm-hmm. wasn't flipped. Yeah. Cause he was messing around with carnage where he's like, you know, he's saying, oh, why is carnage good now? This yeah. is my job. Like friendly neighborhood carnage. Yeah. That was honestly, funny. carnage was the only one that I enjoyed the personality switch on. Yeah, I would agree, and I think yeah, I I liked Carnage in general because the way that they wrote his lines, yeah, you could read it in your head as yeah. you know the the southern you know kind of drawl on yes. it, and so you could really get the feel for the character and the way he talked. So yeah. yeah, I liked him the best. Yeah, they did a great job with it, and like the 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 his was the most obvious contrast. And, mm-hmm. like, the most where it, you really felt that they were switched and yep. not just, like, a buried personality. His was, like, a complete parallel shift to everything. So no, agreed. I, I, he was probably the best character in this, and he dies. So, the spoiler. But, yeah, he gets himself killed by the gene bomb because apocalypse. But he covers up the gene bomb because yeah. nobody else can defuse it. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we skipped ahead, but. Yeah, but we're, we're skipping most of this. All of the heroes and villains switch. All the heroes are dickheads, and they're betraying each other constantly. The villains keep trying to stop the heroes from killing innocents and doing blah, 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 blah. So. And Apocalypse decides to make a gene bomb, which he yeah. wants to do to kill all of the humans. Yes. Because uh, in this, the mutants are the the preferred species yeah. by the by the X Men now. Yes. So kind of taking that different approach, but more aggressive. Yeah. And so they want to kill everybody, including the Avengers, because the Avengers aren't technically mutants. Yeah. And so yeah, Apocalypse creates this gene bomb, and the only way they can stop it is with Carnage covering himself in it and yeah. absorbing the whole blow. Yeah. 
and it it was more or less in, works. In, yeah, more or less works. It's an interesting storyline, but not executed well. No, I feel like this whole thing was a cool idea, but the way that they wrote it, the way the plot went, it it, it could have been a lot stronger. Yeah, I I did not like it very much, but Kurt is evil ish. He's and he's, he's barely in this. He's always in the background. Yeah, they, they use him to teleport a few people yep. and kind of like diffuse one or two like scenarios, but that's yeah. that's about it. So yeah, it would have been cool. Um, had they have Nightcrawler like a leader, but as a leader of this evil group, yeah, and really cunning and using his smarts and maybe even like going into a just <laughs> can't say the word, but you know, like a like an interesting flip into maybe Satanism, yeah. That would have been really cool. And, like, touched on that. that yeah. That would have been kind of crazy. Because they kind of leaned into his Catholicism a little bit, where essentially he tries to murder the priest that, right. like, had betrayed him slash abused yeah. him when he was younger. So, yeah, it's yeah, it would have been interesting if they had flipped his religion or something like that as know. well. I thought that, yeah, that would have been cool. But they don't do any of that uh, cool stuff, and <laughs> Kurt's just kind of, kind of evil. So, yeah, yeah that that's that. <laughs> Honestly... It's skippable. It's if you really want to be a completionist, it's fine. But I, I really yeah. don't think it's it's worth it. I'd probably give no, it. The a- ending is they all come together. Doctor Doom and Scarlet Witch flip it again. Yep. Everybody goes back to normal, and we're happy days where I think everybody learned a little something. You know, kind of one of those happy endings. Um, yeah. Sabretooth is the one who's most impacted by this because Logan's gone, so he kind of writes. They end on this. The the ending was the coolest part because yeah. it showed Sabretooth writing a letter about his experience yeah. and his kind of come to light moment. And so that was probably the coolest part of the reading for me. Well, and that was the thing is like, I it would have been cool to, I don't know how long lasting the effects of Axis are in, in the rest of Kurt's readings. It's pretty inconsequential. Yeah. But like, yeah, like being like having your personality shifted to good for those villains and seeing like the good you could do. The only yeah. person that seems to affect long-term is Sabretooth. Yep. And then none of the heroes, like it seems. I, and like- I thought Iron Man would be affected long-term because yeah. he was like the focal point in the series yeah. in terms of uh, his technology. And if he was bad, I mean, he could really wreak havoc with, with everything that he knows how to do. Yeah. And yeah. so, I thought maybe they would touch on the inverse of that, of Tony struggling with an internal kind of monologue of, yeah. look what I could do with this tech. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't. Maybe I should. Well, especially since at one point all of the, uh, essentially what beats the shit out of the Avengers and the X-Men are old Tony Sentinels. Like, I, I don't know where that came from, but the whole thing that, like, really Red Onslaught doesn't fight them most of the time. It's these other Sentinels right. that are essentially made to destroy heroes, and that's why... He brings in the villains. That's why yeah. they bring in the villains, because the Sentinels aren't tuned to the villains. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably give it, like, a 1.5. I'd go to. Yeah. Um, I think the only reason I'd bump it up a half a star is because the art was pretty good. The art so was good, yes. Yeah. That was the only reason I was thinking, too, but... It's a it's a soft two. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's hovering there. It's yeah. being held up by the the artist there. Yeah. So, all right. And uh, some of the uh, some of the spreads and the covers were pretty cool. So yeah, I would yeah. say that <laughs> that is well, what's that, doing it for me. That was the thing too. Is like if you look at the design for access, it's you it's you can flip it up and upside down. It's one of those where you can read it both directions and it'd be the same. Right. So it's like all right, that's kind of cool, but not really worth it. So yeah, but. 
that that's not enough for me to <laughs> want to say I liked it. No. So, um, we're going to jump into Nightcrawler next. Yeah, so this is the 2014 Nightcrawler. Um, we're going through 7 through 12. Um, this is, again, with Chris Claremont writing it and uh, and Todd Newack as the artist. Um, do you want to take this one or Amazing? I'll take Amazing. All right, sounds good. Okay. So this one starts off with a little bit of Kurt reminiscing, and he's kind of he's really sad because Logan is gone. Um, he, and he kind of recreates him in the danger room and, and he knows it's not real. So it's a real, it's a bummer moment where yeah. he's very kind of down and trying to figure out his life, especially after coming back to life, which again is a huge, I, I you know, I, I mean, it's a comic book, right? But yeah. You can only imagine coming back to life would probably be a pretty surreal thing where you're trying to make sense of it for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Especially when that was like, a lot of Christian's end goal is to make it to heaven, and he did that, right? And then he came back. So, right, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a through line through this entire series. So. Yeah, and he kind of talks about all the bad stuff with the X Men disbanding, and then the high with Excalibur. So that we get a shout out to Excalibur and how he led that team. I did find it interesting. Like this was actually a pretty good synopsis of like his entire life. Oh, I thought this was a great comic Without, in like, of itself. Without digging into the origin, this is honestly like if you need like a one comic recap of Kurt, this yeah. is a pretty good comic yeah. for that. Read issue number seven, Nightcrawler 2014, because you will get everything you need to know about him, his emotional complexities and what he's gone through, and kind of get a really good look into his life. So yeah. I would suggest that one. I agree 100%. But then we end up at the Jean Grey school in the next issue, and we see Kurt kind of hanging out in the danger room. They're all playing a game. Colossus hits him like super hard with a volleyball, and he ends up teleporting away where he comes to Bess. Yeah, Bloody Bess. Bloody Bess. And they mack right away because it's Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always. Always and forever. Always. But she touches on the fact that she has left the Crimson Pirates and is... She kind of got betrayed by them, and she left them, and now she's out in the desert in the cold, and now they're hunting her. Yeah. They come after her and Kurt, and they start a little fight where Kurt calls out to the remaining X-Men who jump in the X-Jet, and away they go. We also see um, we see Rico and... I cannot remember this other. You know, I was just I was just me. thinking the same thing. I do not remember her name. <laughs> it's the smart one from the last issue. We yeah. talked about the genius. Yeah. Um. It, she's a fine character, but I just don't remember her name because yeah. it was it's not sticking out to me. And they don't say, like they say Rico all the time, all the time, and they but they never, never say no, her name. <laughs> no. Um. So we get a little bit of them fighting, and uh, we get the. We get Killian coming in and also fighting, so we get a, re- a recap of that fight. And, you know, basically she is trying to sci-fight him, and they kind of get into this weird, like, physical-slash-metaphysical fight. Yeah. And the X-Men are coming in, they crash land, and we get a little more Mac in, <laughs> and uh, Nightcrawler starts to fight this kind of demon looking yeah. entity uh and he is trying to corrupt yeah everybody so this is the shadow king mm-hmm. uh and that's that's why the crimson pirates uh flipped on bloody bass and that's why the plane crashes this is because the shadow king takes over everyone's minds uh I, I think i mentioned it at one point a long time ago xavier and shadow king have like a huge duel in their right. minds and shadow king gets locked away in omega black that's so, a pretty yeah it's, that's a 
that's it's a old, long time ago comic. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very long time ago. Like that I was OG X Men. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I think that was Golden Age X Men. Yeah. So it's a great story if you haven't read it. I mean, that's a good one. I remember reading that when I was a kid. And yeah. Reading about it in like one of those you know comic book books. Yeah. So, now here we are, sixty years later. Yeah. <laughs> still referencing back, it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a he's a pretty intimidating villain because he yeah. incapacitates everyone very quickly. Yeah. So they set up the situation where Kurt it's Kurt versus the X-Men. Yeah. And we get a really cool scene where all the X-Men have the Shadow King smile and eyes. Yes. Uh, that was a super cool spread. Yeah, I'll probably post that one as well. Yeah, that's that's a that's a keeper. So what this is essentially setting up is a fight between you know the X-Men and Kurt and we get a flashback to the danger room where Kurt is trying to do the same thing but obviously in <laughs> the danger room. Yeah. So we get a little flashback there, and he comes to the realization that he needs to be unpredictable. Because yeah. as a teleporter, you can imagine his fighting would be predictable. Um, I mean, if we think back to the A-plus movie that is X-Men Origins, where, yeah. where uh, Gam... Uh, what the hell? Who is Will I Am? Who did he play? Why oh, can't I God. not remember his oh, name? Fuck, you're right. Um, Yeah, who did Will I Am play? Shit. He was part of it was supposed to be like X Force, so yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah, but anyways, Sabretooth calls him out, says he's predictable because he always teleports behind somebody, grabs the spine out, blah yeah. blah blah. Um, anyways, so we get this thing where he needs to be unpredictable, and he does, and we also see Bloody Bess and Psylocke duking it out in the the metaphysical and physical realm, and essentially Kurt makes storm really mad by slapping her yes and then gets her making was, tornadoes and shit it I was, was awesome the fuck out because it was like him slap, just, slap, slap, yeah slap. he just <laughs> teleports to aurora and just slaps the shit out of her a few yeah. times and then goes and fights some other yeah. people and then teleports back and slaps her a bunch of times again like because it's it, incredible and he, there is a reason for it is because he's trying to make her so angry that she can push out the shadow king from her mind well but, and so she makes the tornadoes yeah. and these other things to incapac- like, incapacitate the other members of the team yeah because her powers can be super destructive to her own allies if she's not careful so yeah it was and they all ride in her emotions yeah to some degree yeah exactly so it was it was pretty wild just seeing kurt teleport and just slap her a bunch of times but (laughs) But... uh, i kept showing it to audrey and she was geeking the fuck out about it yeah because it's awesome scene uh in the end though psylocke is actually the one who gets taken over by the shadow king and we get the bamfs also against kurt which was interesting with their little you know, red eyes. <laughs> yeah, the red eye bams. <laughs> yes. So Shadow King takes over Psylocke, and uh, then we get the scene with Rico and his partner with Shadow King trying to take them over. Does not go well for Shadow King at all. No. He gets outsmarted big time. We have some more fighting, and we get Kurt sent out into the the spiritual realm where he attempts to fight the shadow king in the spiritual realm yes. to to try and draw him off of Rico. Yeah, cuz uh, so Psylocke was taken over but Bass was essentially able to break the hold right. on it and then Bass and Psylocke are able to astral project Kurt essentially. Mm-hmm. Cuz Kurt can't be controlled because he's dead? Question mark. I, they don't really I, They explain, don't really explain it. But they just fine. say he can't. Yeah. Or that he's very hard to be. So yeah. that was interesting. But then we have Killian down below with the um with he with does eventually the, beat the the night uh, the, yeah the he night beats king, him or the shadow king sorry yep but then Killian comes back down and all the people stab Kurt 
Uh, and I thought he was dead. Yeah, I was they, like, oh, they're going to kill him halfway through the series. Yeah, they, they're going to bring him back again. And so Kurt really starts losing blood and is starting to die. And he actually, again, goes to the spiritual realm yeah. and starts to go up to heaven where he meets Amanda. And they pronounced their love for like the millionth time yeah <laughs> uh he was literally like uh making out with bess on and bess is trying to stop him from yes. leaving like grabbing his astral body and then he gets pulled by amanda and, and like and starts macking again on amanda and then goes right back to bess yeah and, and then she's like her. gotcha yeah and then he brings her back and he shouts out amanda comes back to bess and i mean she looks a little she doesn't even seem phased by it. No, she, she's just cool. She's she she, I guess is okay with this uh, odd thing that they have going on. Yeah. Well, so uh, we also get a, a brief mention it because Kurt of Logan and Logan, Gene. Yeah. And the, apparently they Scott. end up together in purgatory because Scott's still alive at this point. So yeah, but he's a douche. Yeah, he, he's a big doucher. So well, I, I mean, I guess he's he always just, been kind yeah, of a big doucher. He, he had a and dude, a bigger douche? Bigger douche, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, essentially we get the implication that Logan and Phoenix and yeah, Jean Grey end up... Other. Yeah, they find each other in the afterlife. <laughs> so uh, They're finally happy so, together. Cy- Cyclops can suck a dick, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Biggest red flag if somebody says they like Cyclops. Right? Oh, Sorry. God. It's immediate red Sorry. flag. Yeah. If you want to call us out on the on the Facebook group, go ahead. Yeah. It, it makes me nervous. It's, I'll like, die on this hill. <laughs> every time someone says like, oh yeah, Cyclops, like, ooh, like, okay, we need to unpack this a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Let's keep talking, Kurt. So Rico and his friend get captured by uh, Valmore or Viewer or whatever they call him. I could never. Vuger. Vuger. I, I the, the Crimson Pirates kidnap yes. him and send, send him to the slave planet. Yes, so we get this interesting scene where, you know, Rico and this this girl are getting sold. We get a cool scene of them getting old. Yeah, they show them in the future and how badass they look. Yeah, Rico looks like a, just a bamf. Yeah, he is awesome. Uh, the the girl. Why am I? I still don't remember her name. I honestly cannot remember. You know what? I'm gonna. F- I'll find it out. You keep going. All right. So we get this. Uh, the next panels. I have to say are really well done because they start this bidding process and as the kids are running away and fighting and doing these, you know, things to get away from the the attackers, they have this live bid with how much they're worth <laughs> based on what they're doing. So I thought that was a really cool mechanic that they started in this comic. But we bring in the war wolves because the slave lord is sick of Killian and the other people uh, not doing what they're supposed to. So they bring in the war wolves. They kill Killian right away. And they start to, to hunt. So then we get a dramatic entrance by Kurt. Um, one of the other cool things they do in this comic is they actually start a counter for Kurt and how much he is worth. <laughs> so all three of them on top of the page are every Every page of the comic, their worth is going up and up and up on these made-up credits, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And Kurt takes it over pretty quick. They realize that he is the most badass as he starts fighting all these people. They actually win, and we we see Kurt realize, oh, shit, it's the war wolves coming after me. And that's when we get this kind of oh shit moment of I fought them before with Excalibur and this is not a good situation. He sends the kids away immediately saying that this is far too dangerous for them. And they actually 
want to release all these kids that are slaves because Kurt kind of says, no, we should worry about us at this point. And the kids are concerned about the other kids slaves and they take it upon themselves to go after the slave master. In the meantime, Bess and Kurt are fighting this very intense battle with the werewolves and they actually get on the brink of Bess dying and Kurt comes around and does this unpredictable thing and actually trips them all up in their own chains. As we're going through this, we get a the B plot with the kids going after the slave master, which they they eventually get him and we get kind of a happy ending type of situation where Nightcrawler and Bess are macking and the kids call him out for it to get a room. And kind of the ending of this comic is, and this run in general, is Rico kind of coming to terms as an X-Men. And we see Kurt kind of reminiscing on his time with Bess in a very private hideaway, as he says. And they kind of bring up Amanda and how it's two different relationships and two different kind of, you know, capacities. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. But we end with them playing baseball, which we started with, uh, kind of their 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 way of being light about what's going on and still having kids and still being a school. So that was the Nightcrawler one. Yeah. Um, still can't find her name. Uh, and also, there's an issue because there's a 2014 Nightcrawler movie with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's made it hard to Google. <laughs> yeah. So, I did not watch that one, but no, I am familiar with what it is. Yeah. So uh, how, what would you rate the uh, Nightcrawler overall? Oh, easily 4.5. Yeah. I think there is really not much wrong with it. I think sometimes it dragged in a couple spots, but... Overall, the story is great. It showed a lot of development of Kurt's character as a as a leader, a teacher, a mentor uh, towards Rico. Yeah, and like trying to make sense out of dying and coming back, and kind of the complicated feelings that would be associated with that. So, yeah, four point five for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, I would I would either four point five or four point seven five. Like, yeah. most of my complaints are really minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed all of the Nightcrawler run. All all twelve issues here were fantastic. This last half was really good too. Yeah. Um, a, a breath of fresh air after access. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed well, the that. artwork was good too. Artwork was good. Solid throughout. Yeah, it there it was slightly inconsistent, but I th- I think they switched back and forth between a few artists. Yeah. But uh yeah, overall, yeah, like a f- I I'd go four point five. Right on. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, you're good. All right. We'll be back right after this brief break at, with the amazing X Men finishing that story off. Welcome back, listener. Thank you for sticking with us here. So we're going to pick up with the amazing X-Men number 14 through 19. Uh, we had a little typo in our, our notes here, and it's kind of funny because it, our typo made us skip an entire Kurt-centric story. I just happened to read it already, so that that worked out. So Yeah, my problem is that I delete everything out of my uh, unlimited library. Yep. So every time I do a clean slate so I can keep it, you know, because yep. I like to keep it organized. And then I, I just go back to the list and look at the doc. So I totally missed it. I didn't put it together, man. Well, it's funny because I just saved the series yeah. and then I just start, like I knew we were finishing it off. Oh. So I just, I just finished, like I just went to the series and just finished off what I hadn't read. So that is uh, logical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it worked out for me. So uh, the amazing X-Men number 14 is a Kurt only <laughs> story and it ties into access actually. Okay. So well, that makes sense that before 
when we were before talking before air you yeah. were you were saying oh this one ties in i was like i don't know how the hell <laughs> the once in future juggernaut ties in at all but yeah i believe you yeah so <laughs> the, the, it essentially gives you a very brief recap of um the access storyline and in this storyline the heroes have not been converted back yet so the heroes oh, are still still evil and the villains are good okay so mystique is actually you know good in this one and kurt is evil yeah. so uh, we, we just get a brief recap of what was going on there, and Kurt goes to see the priest that took him in when he was younger before he got sold to the carnival. Oh, so way back. Way back. So when he way, get, way when back. he gets like run out of town with the pitchforks yeah. and stuff like that, the priest that initiated it, that one is the one. Oh, he goes so back that was in one of the first comics we read. Yeah, the way back. Like, yeah, that was a great comic yeah. though. That was one of the ones with the really good artwork. Yes, yeah, yeah the, I think it was the first one we reread. Yep. Yeah, fantastic mm-hmm. artwork on that. So Kurt goes to confessional, essentially saying that he will hear the father's sins. Essentially talking to the priest, like, "Oh, I'll hear your sins this time." Oh boy. Uh so. Yeah, so Kurt, like, yeah, it's very spicy. So Kurt teleports out, and uh, we get a very cool, like, uh, one page just Kurt, mm-hmm. like, perched on top of like a very Castlevania esque, like, castle. It's very right cool. It, it's very cool artwork on that. Uh, but we get the shield busting in to, to try to, we cut scenes. Uh, shield is busting into like a shipping container to try to find someone, and turns out it's Mystique. <laughs> and they broke containment like immediately and just get their shit rocked real hard. Uh, Fury shows up, but it's not Fury; it's just Mystique. And mm-hmm. like essentially, Mystique like blows all of them up. And as she's walking away, she's having the mental gymnastics of like, I didn't kill any of them, but you know, the, I still hurt a bunch of these people. Right. And like really wrestling with the fact that like it was necessary, but also, you know, not necessarily good. Yeah. So she runs off, and we we get. It's it's we get more priest stuff like Kurt is hunting him down and like pulls a knife on him because oh, Mystique is looking for Kurt to try to talk to him like figure out what's going on. So when she finds out where he went in Germany, she's like, "Oh no, like, <laughs> <laughs> shit's going down." Yeah. So so we get Kurt. Uh, mind you, the entire comic, Kurt's face is in shadow. So every single like thing you see of him like it's in such a way that his face is completely in shadow. Oh, trying to give that like yeah, evil mysterious vibe. Yeah, exactly. So he he teleports on top of the priest, pulls out a big old knife, about to stab him. Mystique comes in. Damn. Uh, they fight back and forth. Kurt whoops the shit out of Mystique briefly, but Mystique is able to get away, and then Kurt runs and just starts grabbing people and teleporting them up in the air to drop them. <laughs> like that's dark man. yeah uh mystique dark. mystique grows wings uh and flies and catches them sure yeah i didn't know that was a power she had but I've sure never sure. heard of that no so. no yeah there's like she has literally like angel's wings yeah I, which I, sure why not I, I just think they do that sometimes but yeah sure. so yeah kurt's just like bamfing around just like yeah. punching random civilians in the street and just like you know general chaos and uh mystique uh, whoops the shit out of Kurt, like, catches him by surprise just ever so slightly, and you get, like, her internal monologue, like, can't give him a second to think, because if he has even a second, you know, he'll get the upper hand again, and, like, yeah, yeah he, she, she whoops the shit out of him pretty good, good. Uh, but a shield helicopter shows up hunting her down, <laughs> uh, so Kurt teleports up in there to just kill the, the pilot, Mystique busts through the window, and, like, <laughs> the pilot's very confused, because Mystique is saving him, even though he's there to hunt down Mystique and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the helicopter explodes mystique saves them and that's that okay 
So if you aren't reading Access, the, the, like it's Just a very – it, yeah, like you don't know why Kurt is evil and you don't know why Kurt is no longer evil going into the one the one in future Juggernaut or right. the once in future Juggernaut. So like there, there's no connecting there if you're not reading the other stories. Right. Kind so, of, yeah, keeping up with that. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, it was a fun story. So yeah. let, let's uh, get into the Once in Future Juggernaut. Sure. So that's going to be X-Men 15 through 19. So we're just finishing off this. It's a four-parter. So what we're talking about Sidorak. Essentially, this entire story is yep. focuses around Sidorak and the, 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 the crimson gem of Sidorak and the power it gives and everything like that. And how like different mages and stuff like that, like uh, Doctor Strange uses the powers of Sidorak to... like essentially restrain people and you right. know, all, all of this stuff. So we get a backstory on essentially who Sidorak is real brief. And we also get some mercenaries finding the, the gem. And when the mercenaries find the gem, all of the strong people <laughs> essentially get a notification that mm-hmm. the gem is back in play. So like Colossus gets one, Juggernaut gets one, Crossbones gets one. Well, he's not Juggernaut; he's Kane Marco. Yeah, he's Kane yeah. Marco. Yeah, but the original Juggernaut. Right. The important part is that the gem is what gave Juggernaut his powers initially. Yeah, and apparently Colossus and uh, Dynamo or Domino are fucking around at this point. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, sure. And everyone <laughs> still doesn't trust Colossus, which actually makes sense. That ties way back. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a quite yeah a, quite that a, was. Call like, out like five or six episodes, uh, like Nightcrawler episodes yeah. for us, like a long time ago. But yeah, so he's also a little bit of a rage, <laughs> rage guy in this. Or if something yes. just goes away, he's like punching walls and yes. punching pictures and yes. stuff. He gets very upset. Yeah, uh, but they, <laughs> they're they're essentially training people to use magic on uh, rock, what is it, rock slide, landslide, or landslide? Is it landslide? But uh, yeah, essentially they're like. They think he's immortal. They don't know if he can die. They have no clue. And so they like, cast a spell. Yeah, be so, fine. so they just blow him up to like nothingness, and he's fine later. We we get a lot of like moody X Men going back and forth between right. Aurora and Colossus, and we don't have a good explanation as to why Aurora is so angry right here. I I, I didn't quite get it. Yeah, she was just really testy with Colossus in particular, and then she was just kind of rude to everyone else. Yeah, she so, wasn't digging it. I guess, like, the last story we had with her is her back in her homeland, but at the end of that, she, like, you know, brought the reins back to Africa, so, like... Yeah, well, maybe it's... Maybe it's so they could have a better character development in the end of the story, where yeah. she comes to terms and kind of meditates and figures out that she needs to calm down, so maybe it's just part of a storytelling device. It, it kind of feels that way, but... So Colossus told everyone where the, the the gem was, so they're keeping Colossus behind. That's essentially what boils down. He's very yeah. upset about this, but all the other X-Men are going to f- figure it out. They give kind of a rundown of how to fight a Juggernaut. Right. Because, like, uh, Firestar had never... Or a Landslide. Or a Landslide, yeah, yeah. had never done it. He's newer. Yeah, he's newer, and... <laughs> They're essentially like, oh, you know, strong people can have the gem. And he's just like, can can I have it? Like <laughs> That sounds real nice. Which is funny because, like, that's essentially his entire motivation for the rest yeah. of this series is he wants the gem, which is pretty funny. But he doesn't understand why. No. But, yeah, so they get there and the essentially the tomb's already been open and they kind of get, like, a brief backstory of what Sidorak is. And they walk in and there's, like, a giant monster set, like... 
Right. You know, guarding the gem. It's like a giant four-armed demon, essentially. Yeah. So Colossus goes and talks to, what's her name? Like Pixie? Pixie, yeah, Pixie. or Misty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Pixie. She, she has magic powers. She Colossus wants her to <laughs> teleport him. Yeah, he's like, teleport me. Now. Now. And I think he punches another wall. Yeah, so we get uh, we get a bunch of other strong people. We get one in South America, Colorado, Saudi Arabia, and the Sahara Desert. So I didn't know who most of these people were. I didn't until uh, they started doing... naming them later yeah. on. But it's uh, Crossbones, Man Killer, the Living Monolith, and I forget. Uh, he's the a elemental djinn. guy. Yeah, he's a, an elemental jinn. So yeah. yeah, he is the most badass. He is the most badass. And then of course. Kane Marco, yeah, uh, he's he's made his own little farm, and but he's called back to the Juggernaut. He's like, it's all right, I'm in. So cute. <laughs> he's like immediately like give up good life, go yeah. go get Jim. But this we potato get potato means nothing to me, right? So we we get some fighting between the X Men and this demon, and they're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But then mercenaries show up, and Nightcrawler saves uh, the Phoenix right. from getting hit, and the creature keeps trying to eat landslide, which is very or it's it is rockslide, rockslide. Oh shit! No, All you're right. good. No, it's it is rockslide. I literally just read it right there. So, but they're just like rockslide. Take care of this. <laughs> but, yeah, they leave him. He they just straight up leave him. Yeah, and I was like, bold like, move. Bobby freezes him. That doesn't super work. And they're just like, all right, Rockside, go. Yeah. But uh, Cross... Keep him busy. Yeah. So we, we're going to get a showdown between uh, Firestar and Crossbones. And then Pixie's just like, no, I'm not doing that. And then... He does punch a lamp. Yeah. Yeah. He punched the wall when he was told he couldn't go. Yeah. And then when Pixie tells him, no, he smashes a desk. And eventually... What a guy. Yeah, exactly. So... And then she says, this is why no one likes you anymore. <laughs> It's that very good. Awesome. Just dunking on Colossus, yeah. this whole thing. But we get some more fighting between like Kurt and Northstar and then uh Mankiller, mm-hmm. which I was not familiar with Mankiller, but apparently she was a Hydra agent who, no idea. who specialized in I'm assuming killing man. She was not real important. She does not last long. No. So then we get the Phoenix and Bobby fighting uh Jin J I N N, also the known as Assassin. He was a badass. Yeah. So they fight and they get their shit rocked pretty quick. Crossbones gets the upper hand on Firestar, but she's able to counter it. Uh, we get Rockslide like body slamming this this Being demon the shit out of this demon. Yeah, and just keeps fighting him, and they like blow him up, and or he like blows something up and like hurts the uh, the demon, but like he reconstitutes himself, and yeah, there's that remind me of a mix between. Like in the old school Pokemon Geo dude, if you yes. mix them with a uh, Voltorb, yes, like, <laughs> yes, that's the feel I got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty much. So <laughs> there's little demons now that are like messing up all of these mercen- mercenaries. So the the living monolith is gonna square off with Storm, and you know Jin is able to whoop the shit out of Bobby and um, Bobby and the Phoenix and. Th- Mankiller is able to get the upper hand on Kurt, which I didn't quite understand why. Like, no. why he just didn't teleport away? But sure, yeah. But yeah, that's the end of that one. So we're just moving right along. This is part three. We get some more backstory on Sidorak, and he's been watching this entire thing, and he definitely has a favorite, which is yep. the Living Monolith. That's the one that he really, really wants. So, but he, you know, he's considering Jin and, you know, Firestar and Rockslide, Bobby, Aurora, right. like, Mankiller. Yeah, all of them are, are options. So we we get a, just, 
more fighting between everybody is essentially what's happening. Yeah. But Kane Marco shows up and he's able to <laughs> he just like backhands the Phoenix and stuff. Like, yeah, he kind of whoops, whoops yeah, ass. He really does whoop the shit out of all these people without yeah. any powers. Obviously, he's still strong, but not yeah, like Juggernaut strong. No, but his power came from the crystal. So yeah. It's- yeah, I didn't quite understand why he I was I thought so that strong. was odd. Yeah. That he would be the weakest one. Maybe he'd have to be cunning to yeah. get it. But no, that he just he no. won V1's Bobby and Phoenix. Yeah. So whatever. But uh Aurora, Aurora finally gets her shit together and is able to electrocute some people and then she zaps the living monolith and real yeah. quickly realizes that he absorbed it and she's like, Oh, this is, I know who you are. Yeah. This is a bad thing. I got you now. Yeah. So we just get more fighting between essentially everyone's paired off. But Colossus and Pixie show up just in time to save Firestar <laughs> from Crossbones. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Crossbones, like, breaks his hand on Colossus's face. Yep. And Pixie teleports people out. There's there's more fighting with Kane Marco and everybody else. But Rockslide busts through the wall, having Bobby slam the giant demon. Like, <laughs> I win. Where's the gem? It's mine now. Give me it now. Give me I, I was the winner. Um, but, yeah. Storm is... Still fighting the living monolith, not doing a good job. Gets her shit rocked. Kane Marco finds it. Colossus comes in and busts the shit out of Kane Marco. And they fight. And then they both realize that they wanted to destroy the gem. Like, without <laughs> speaking, they yeah. like they they both were trying to destroy the gem because they didn't want it. They want no one else to have it. Right. And while they're fighting, the, the living monolith came up, snatched it up, and became the juggernaut. So everyone else is kind of like, well, shit. So this the, sucks. <laughs> yeah. So Living Monolith, I love it. It was Ahmet Abul, a.k.a. the Living Monolith, a.k.a. the Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and like everyone's like, fuck. But yeah. the next, this last issue, I kind of liked just because I found it kind of funny because Rockslide's like, oh man and then everyone else is like rose just like i'm just gonna i'm gonna go sit over there Dude, they go campfire it yeah they go campfire because they don't know what to do without a campfire because they're like we they don't know how to fight him essentially right. like he's too big he's, he's too strong yeah. he's a planet killer like he can grow to the size of like a galaxy essentially right, like he, and he feeds on cosmic energy yeah he like if i remember correctly he like 1v1 galactus at one point because he was that big and stuff oh, damn. yeah like it's it's pretty wild yeah so they're just like, well, shit. So they just go sit down and they can't fire it and talk for a while. And this is like the weirdest issue because all this shit happens, all these like fighting scenes. And then this one, you just get this really like text heavy talk about our feelings, you know, what's going on right now. Yeah. How, how would we ever stop this? I, there was a scene, you're on the page right now, right, actually, where Colossus is, like, kneeling down with his hands clasped, and I was like, is he about to, like, drop an album or something like that? Like, <laughs> where he's, like, trying to play dice or something? I don't know what he's doing, but... Yeah, take a shit in the woods. Yeah, he's trying to take a shit in the woods. Uh, so, but they just finally figure out, like, because Sidorak was, like, going on a rampage, but then just stopped and was just staring at them from, like, a hill, like, a couple miles <laughs> yeah, off. Like, he was like, like, are you guys going to chase me or what's going on? But- it reminded me of a video game when you don't face the boss and you're just waiting and you're, like, you're trying to recoup health or, yeah. or you know, like, trying to get a secret or whatever. Yeah, you go, out of, you go out of his aggro range and yeah. he just stares at you while you, like, yeah, heal up. Dude, that's totally what I thought of when I, when I read that. So they're just like, all right, we're going to talk to Sidorak and see what he wants. And to do that, we have to distra- distract the living monolith. So they, they they go and fight him. And he's like, finally, he's very excited about this yeah. whole thing. Um, and they, like, you know, teleport Rockslide in. And uh, 
Colossus, Pixie, Phoenix, and Kane Marco go talk to Sidorak and essentially Sidorak Lan, and yeah. they make a deal essentially like, what do you want? Like, what's your end goal? They're trying to figure that out. Right. Like, and he wants to be worshipped, but they're just like, you're never going to be worshipped, but we could give you like a person to actually do this with, like actually live in the world and do some damage. So not even that. They're like, they, they say, isn't it? They give, they want enough power to kill Sidorak and Sidorak's like, all right, deal. Like yeah. that, that, that's the whole deal is essentially like, we'll give you a person so you can fight yourself. Yeah. He says, I will, I will use it to kill you. Yeah. So I think he's just bored. Yeah. I think he's just bored. He, he's a, he's a chaos demon God. Who and can never have enough. Can never have enough. Yeah. So they essentially, he accepts the deal and gives the power over and the living <laughs> model. It's is like, just, <laughs> just freaking out. Like why? Like I had it. Why? Yeah. Why no more? But the Sidorak decided not to give it to Colossus like he had said, but he nope. gives it to Kane Marco. Yep. Right back to where we always knew we were going to be. Yeah. So Colossus is confused and like, oh, shit. Like, oh, Kane Marco has it again. And yeah. So we have the unstoppable juggernaut again. And that that's the end of that issue. And we got the, the once in future juggernaut epilogue enough. So it was Even a four-parter though. with an epilogue, so technically a five-parter. It should have just been a damn five-parter. Yeah, it should have just been a five-parter. But we, we get essentially the entire backstory of the Juggernaut, um, and then all of the stuff leading up to it, like uh, Cyclops killing Professor mm-hmm. X. I And up to this point, I assumed they everyone was just blaming Cyclops for Xavier dying because <laughs> he gets shot at the end of, like, M-Day or something yeah, like that. Everybody's just shitting out of class, yeah. or out uh, of Cyclops. But apparently Cyclops straight up, like, murdered him at one point. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. They show him just, like, standing over him and yeah. Xavier dead. Yeah, cause, well, because Cyclops had the Phoenix Force, which happened, I want to say, like, 20, 2015-ish? Because I remember that Facebook uh, Marvel game that I played, the Helicarrier or whatever. Oh. Like near the end of that, they had all of the different X Men with the Phoenix Force. Oh, so there's some cool outfits on it, but yeah. Anyways, oh. random insight into College Mike. Uh, <laughs> that was a great game. It was a great game, but we get a fight between Juggernaut and Colossus, and Colossus is trying to one v one Juggernaut, and Juggernaut's like, "You always lose," and you a bitch. Yeah. So they're like they stop and talk for a little while, and you know we're gonna beat you. And they're like, all right, we got to get the helmet off, like we always do, because we got Phoenix, so she should be able to take care of this. Pixie does her thing, gets the helmet off. Yeah, it was like the same playbook. They, yeah, they basically said, all right, you remember this from like you know X Men Five or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It was, whenever you know I mean? first yeah. showed up. But uh, he, Kane Marco looks way different. He doesn't look like Kane Marco. He looks like Sidorak. And he has a mental block on him now, so they yeah. cannot do the normal thing, which is so. Juggernaut goes kablooey, incapacitates pretty much everyone. Jug- coolest, coolest spread. Yes, of this. No, not of this whole thing, but a cool spread. Where yes, he is punching the ground. And it says, "I'm the unstoppable Juggernaut." Yeah, it's a very cool spread. So. Colossus and Juggernaut square off. There's not a whole lot of Kurt going on here. No. But they, through this entire thing, they're kind of making fun of Colossus for trying to be a martyr all the time. Yeah. Like, all of the time. So, Colossus is able to trick the Juggernaut to, like, yeet himself into a lake. And Colossus is like, I've given up. Like, (laughs) you know, this is how I die. Yeah. All of this stuff. And he's like, wait a second. That's dumb. 
I can live. So he just grabs the edge of the, the well, cliff. He's like, what would Logan do? Yeah. He would cheat. Yeah, and it's funny because they do dunk on Colossus like multiple times in this issue about oh, yeah. him being a martyr and having like kind of a savior complex that they shit on him this whole series. Yes, they, just, they do. They just, yeah, I mean, constantly, and it's it's actually it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and to but, me, like this move where he dodges Juggernaut and you know like uses agility and his opponent's momentum against him, that seemed like Kurt. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. That yeah, it seemed a lot. Th- th- like it's a, a Kurt, Kurt play. Thing to, yeah. Yeah. So you can call it Logan, but I know who I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. That. It, it well, that's the thing is like Wolverine very rarely did the you know jump out like he would, but yeah. like that's a hundred percent a Kurt thing, and yeah. that's I would say that's where Wolverine gets it from is from Kurt. So I maybe would say if 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 Classes like punched him in the Nether regions or yes. did something dirty, well, yeah, shout yeah, out Logan. Yeah, that's yeah, Logan. Right that sounds there. about yeah. right. Yeah, but j- jump like using someone's momentum and outsmarting them that that's Kurt. But. Yeah. Anyways, they, they, they talk for a little while and essentially accept Colossus. Aurora's sure. not as mad anymore. Yeah. And they accept him back into the, the X-Men. It's kind of a weird group of X-Men. And then we get Colossus's or um, Juggernaut's hand coming out of the ocean, out of right. the rock slide. And oh, that's the end of it. So not a whole lot of Kurt in this last part. You see him get a shit rocked by Man Killer, but right. not but a whole it's lot. Not, it's yeah. not a ton. So, overall, I mean, it was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. The Kurt-centric one, I would probably give, like, a 4, 4.5. The Juggernaut okay. storyline, 3. It was okay. Uh, the artwork was good. Yeah, the artwork was good, but, like, a lot of the stuff was forgettable. Yeah, exactly. And it really just came down to, like, the same thing, right? I mean, like, at first I thought, oh, they're going to make a Juggernaut where it's somebody else. They're doing something different. And then, lo and behold, it's just... It's just Juggernaut. Oh, this Kane is Kane Marco. Marco again. But, you know? like, with more power now. Right. And it's so, just a stronger Juggernaut. So. Yeah, which I thought uh, a little weak, Yeah, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. But. Well, and that was the thing. is like, yeah, like, honestly, the fact that the Living Monolith had it for a little while was more interesting. Like, obviously, they overpowered him immediately. Yeah. Like, you know, massive, unable-to-be-touched kind of. Right. Like, they overpowered Juggernaut immediately, so that was kind of funny because they overpowered him, so the X-Men are just like, nah, like, yeah. I'm good. So that was yeah. that was fine, but, yeah. Right. I, I, they could have done more with it, but oh well. Yeah. Oh. I never found the Juggernaut a particularly compelling villain. Like, no. Kane Marco? Yes. Juggernaut? No. Absolutely not. No. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And overdone. And overdone. I think that's a little bit of it too. It's it's just been hit really really hard in the comics. I mean, not in the movies, but the comics it was hit over the head time and time again. Well, that was the thing is like if they didn't know what to do, just throw Juggernaut in there right. and you know have the strong oh, people back. fight for a while. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, what how would you feel about the uh, what would you rate the the Juggernaut? The Juggernaut story? in itself a three. Mm-hmm. I would say the Amazing X Men a four. Yeah, I would agree point. with that. Maybe like four, four and a half, so four point two five. I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good team. Yeah. So yeah, fun. I had I had fun with it. So I think that's where we're gonna end this episode. Pretty much, that's the end of the reading for Nightcrawler. We've yeah. come up essentially to Civil War two. Right. Uh, in the in the timeline here, and yeah, we'll we'll do our final retrospective with Audrey. We'll get together with her and. Little uh, Eternals. Yeah, I think we're going to go grab some food and go watch the Eternals. Yeah, sounds awesome. All right. So if, if you like what we do here, please review, comment, share, like, all that yeah. good stuff. Um, if you need to get a hold of us on any of our socials, Linktree link is in the description down below. Uh, 
But for this week, I'm Mike. And I'm Charlie. Thank you for joining us and talk to you next time.